Hello, welcome to Harmony UK podcast. I'm John Beasley, it's edition 44, and from Bristol last year, we've come to the heart of London for our first podcast of 2023. I'm in Parliament Square, it's a Tuesday evening, it's very cold, and looking up at Big Ben, well, as you can probably hear, it is exactly six o'clock. Until recently, those iconic bells had been silenced for a five-year restoration job on their home in the Elizabeth Tower. And we are on our way to meet an award-winning vocal group who've been anything but silent during all that time. But where they sing, and where they're heard, especially at convention times, is changing. Come with me. Well, a brisk winter walk past the Houses of Parliament along Millbank with the city lights sparkling on the River Thames and turn right at the Tate Gallery uh, brings us to the Gothic edifice of St Saviour's Church in Pimlico. Uh, this is the home on Tuesday night for rehearsal purposes of the London City Singers. Uh, that's musical director Simon Arnott at the piano, by the way, and it looks as though several new faces have uh, recently joined the chorus here in Pimlico. The other thing that's new for 2023 is that after many years with Region 31 of Sweet Adelines, uh, London City Singers have recently left them to join LABS, uh, the Ladies' Association of British Barbershop Singers. Well, uh, during the break, I talked to two senior members of LCS, uh, Bass Lan O'Connor, who's the club secretary, and the membership coordinator, Ruth Marr, who sings lead. And I suggested to Ruth that though January's not quite yet over, it's already been quite a year. Yeah, it's been brilliant. We've um, just had a uh, prospective evening or an open evening a couple of weeks ago and we had nine people come, of which six of them are carrying on and then a couple more people last week. So we're, we're nine new members, nine people auditioning at the moment. So it's really positive for us because we'd... Um, I think it came really well off the back of our Christmas concert and Lan was able to to tell people lots of times at the Christmas concert that they could come and join and we've got like a lot of people come and it's just put a really good energy into the new year. So an exciting start and Lan, a new start in another way as well because you've moved from one barbershop organisation, Region 31 of Sweet Adelines, to another, the the Ladies' Association of British Barbershop Singers. And I'm intrigued as as to... what the thinking was behind that and, and how the idea first came up? Well, we've been talking about it, I'd say, for quite a while. And um, we're quite a democratic chorus. Well, I say a very democratic chorus. We don't like to move too quickly on big decisions like that. We like to discuss it and really debate it within the chorus, what we want to do and where we want to go. We're very keen on, I was going to say breaking boundaries, but let's say pushing boundaries and trying something new. And... Um, 
we wanted to see how far we could take that. We've done quite a bit of that in Sweet Adelines. And then we think that with labs, um, especially with BHS and with some of the, uh, let's say, perspective merging that may come up, um, we think there's quite a bit of exciting development going on um, in the labs and BHS arenas. So how much did the, the prospect of, of perhaps one day ending up on an international stage at BHS and the alliance that they have, the worldwide alliance, which now includes labs, how, how much did that, uh, that weigh on people's minds when they, when they were taking their, their decision route? Well, I know that years ago when we first talked about that, that moving to labs, that was the thing that made us not move because we were like, there wasn't an international element which Sweet Adelines yeah. had the opportunity to. So obviously when labs then had that, we were like, oh, that was, the, for me, that was the one thing that I'd been like, oh, well, Sweet Adelines can offer us that. Um, so that was, you know, it's actually quite exciting to think that that's the prospect of, you know, much bigger journeys and adventures to have, more bigger challenges. The other thing, of course, is that you're moving to a, a it's an all-women's organisation at the moment, but it could possibly uh, merge with BABS, the British Association of Barbershop Singers, in which case it would it encompass uh, both sexes and all genders as well. Exactly. Well, um, you know, Meantime Chorus and LCS are brother-sister choruses, in fact, siblings, should I say, and uh, we've done a lot of joint work together. We um, participated and in fact won our section in um, IABS a couple of years ago before COVID as the London Collective. Uh, that was LCS and Meantime singing together. And we had just before Christmas, we had a joint concert and we do that quite a bit. We have a lot of joint, joint events. Um, we're, we've got an open mic coming up, uh, an open mic session where we'll have mixed quartets and um, quartets from Meantime and from LCS. So for us, it's a great move. It's a great prospect. I don't know when it's going to happen, if it's going to happen. But for us, it's a quite a natural development. But any question then, uh, and it's an obvious question to ask, if, if you are getting closer to Meantime all the time, is, is there a prospect in the long term that, that your two choruses might merge? Oh, I don't know if I'm, if I'm qualified to answer that question. <laughs> I think it's definitely something that people are interested in doing in bits and parts and there might be you know some things we do as a, a bigger group and some things that people do as smaller groups and I think there's that, that's already what we do and I can see that carrying on. So mixed quartets and mixed octets might come from the two choruses and then compete say in a, in a merged labs bab setup. Yeah definitely I think we've got well um, we definitely have some one already with some other people as well but there's definitely some of that already happening. There must be things I mean you it's about 15, 16 years, isn't it, since this chorus? 15 years. 15 yeah. years. And, and you've been, for pretty well all that time, members of Region 31, and you've had a good deal of success there as well, winning the, uh, the, the, the small chorus award there. There must be things you're going to miss. Well, yes. Well, we've got friends old and new. For people who've been part of Sweet Ads for years and years, they see their friends, they get to sing with them, they have afterglows. Uh, there's a lot of... I guess, family that people are going to miss. And convention, who isn't going to miss convention, um, where you behave and misbehave together. <laughs> but nothing comes back from, from convention that happens at convention. So I think that's, you know, honestly, that's going, to be, you know, that's going to be a bit of a hole in our lives. Sweet Adeline conventions are already, for Region 31, I mean, 
the standards is incredibly high and they're a lot of fun, but they are, they're certainly smaller than labs conventions at the moment. In the long run, do you, th do you think this is, this is part of a trend? We've seen Spinnaker move, we've seen Zero Degrees, now London City Singers. Do, do you feel like part of a trend? Yeah, I mean, it definitely is, is looking that way. And we're, you know, we're benefiting slightly from, we've got a couple of people who've joined us because we now have moved to labs. So that's, that's a positive thing for us. But we just felt, felt that labs was a good fit for us. And, it, you know, it, it makes sense really then that other people are feeling the same way. What difference does it make to the way that the chorus is run? I mean, I presume that there are administrative changes because you're no longer uh, a Sweet Adeline chapter. You are, you're now a, a club uh, in your own right, I guess. Uh, yes, well, actually, a bigger change for us has been uh, in the last year we became a charity. So whilst we were still associated with Sweet Lads, we made that move to become a charity, and that has really been the biggest change. So we've established trustees, we've got a whole different setup, we've got a different legal setup, and I think that's probably the biggest change that we've noticed. And moving from Sweet Ads to Labs is a change to some of our bylaws, obviously, and some of the, the structures there. But essentially, it wasn't that big a difference for us. And where, where does this leave the chorus now? I mean, in, in the day-to-day -day running, Ruth, in, in, in events like tonight's rehearsal, does it, does it make any practical difference moving from one organisation to another? No, not at all. It, it, there, was a, there was a bit of paperwork of signing everyone over, but other than that, it's all, you know, day to day, week to week, it's not different at all. It's just, you know, we're doing our thing here and we come and compete somewhere different. <laughs> I think I'd, I'd add to that, though, um, we do have to learn the scoring um, approaches and the different categories that we're going to be judged in. I think uh, we're looking forward to learning more about that. Is that something that worried some people? Because you, you knew where you were, presumably, at Region 31. There were four categories. You knew what you were trying to, to aim for when you, when you went into a competition for a song. Um, as you say, they score very differently in Labs and, and Babs and, and VHS. Um, yes, I'm not going to pretend that I'm an expert in the different scoring systems, but we're taking advantage because as a charity, part of our charitable aims is music education. And this is very much part of music education. Uh, performance is a really interesting uh, challenge for us because it's something that we believe in and something that we know we can do better at. So we're really interested in that side of it. And your director, Simon Arnott, is, uh, is, is, is involved in that because isn't he the uh, director of music and education now at BAPS? He is. So we've got, you know, he knows what, what he wants us to learn and where he's, you know, where BAPS is going and therefore, you know, hopefully with the merger that where LABS is going as well. And we, he knows that system really well so we're actually felt confident moving to labs because he knows that system so even though I'm not up to scratch with it yet we know that Simon's you know well versed in that one so we're feeling confident. Ruth Marr and Lan O'Connor from London City Singers and we'll be speaking to their MD Simon Arnott wearing another of his many barbershop hats. He also directs Meantime Chorus towards the end of this podcast. Listen out too for news of what may be the most exciting concert of the year so far. But for now, let's remember London City Singers in full voice on the Region 31 convention stage from the 2022 convention in Warwick. Here they are singing from the Adams family musical, the song Pulled.
London City Singers pulled in a new direction. You're listening to Harmony UK podcast, the first one of 2023. And while we're on the subject of new directions for a new year, here's a question. Does British Barbershop need its own dedicated group for singers who identify as LGBTQ+. Well, one person who believes that we do is Josh Rees. You may know Josh as the editor of the Babs online magazine Harmony Express. He took up barbershop singing while a student, and recently he posted in the British Barbershop Singers Facebook group asking whether others might be interested in forming an LGBTQ social group, which, among other things, might provide a safe space for marginalised minorities. Well, recently Josh and I met up on a Zoom call where he explained a little more. The main aim would be to create a safe space for people within the uh, within barbershop who are part of the LGBTQ plus community. For someone like myself, so obviously I identify as a gay man, and I feel like these spaces are really important because I think, A, it creates visibility within the community, and some people might think, why does that really matter? And I feel like for me, in terms of visibility, if I wanted to be part of barbershop, I feel like if I saw people of similar backgrounds within the hobby, I feel like it would make it easier for me to pursue that interest. In Harmony College, we had a little discussion about this. And the thing that really sticks in my mind is we had a panel towards the end of the weekend and Tim Briggs was on the panel and Tim said, I think at this point we've recruited nearly every middle-aged white man in Sheffield for barbershop. So I think we need to start thinking of other ways to increase the longevity. And I think this is a positive way forward. I think another important thing as well about having these spaces is just having a safe space for the community. There is an extent of hate and microaggressions towards the community. And I think a lot of people think because they don't see it, it doesn't go on. I mean, it does go on, but, you know, to probably to a lesser extent in the barbershop community. Uh, A a lot of people, I think, would find that that very interesting and and probably be quite surprised as Mm. well, because... uh, I think most of us have, have, have got friends that we sing on the risers with. In, in uh, certainly, I have in my course. Yeah, uh, I know lots of other choruses have got have got LGBT Q plus people already there. Uh, I mean, how do these microaggressions tend to manifest themselves in in your experience? In my experience, I've had little sort of snide remarks made at myself, and I I kind of leave it go over my head. I'm just that type of person. I don't really. Um, I don't really sort of rise to it, but I think just having, because we all know that the the space is very sort of male, is a male, cis male dominant space. And I feel like having a smaller space, which is absent of, you know, that sort of culture, it can help sort of, and I'm not saying, you know, having like a, separate um, organization or anything just having like small events and things which are specific to a group of people i think that would be really important to the community just to sort of build it and bring us together and i feel like bringing us together as well is an important thing because a lot i myself i don't know a lot of 
people within the barbershop community who are LGBT. And I think as well, people might be afraid of being openly LGBT within the barbershop community because of you know, the history of the roots of barbershop where it was very sort of sexist and we have struggled with things with racism. It's, I think, okay, it's lesser to a degree now and we are moving in a positive direction. I feel like this could, you know, gear it more in a positive direction and we could get the momentum going then. What sort of things then would this would this group actually do? I mean, are, you, are you simply talking about a space where people can be themselves or would you be looking to maybe organise uh, events around singing in some way, perhaps even, uh, you know, the barbershop equivalent of, um, of, uh, of, of uh, an LGBT chorus at some point? I think initially the aim would be to get sort of a virtual space sorted, so like a Facebook group and things, so people can meet each other and network through that, and then sort of discussing what people want as well, obviously. You know, we want to engage with people in what they're interested in pursuing within the community. For myself, I think it would be good to have sort of arranged social things, have little meetups, you know, even if we could get like little sort of workshop things within convention and things, you know, like a little fringe event or something for specifically for LGBT people at convention. I think that would be nice. You know, it creates a nice safe space for people as well. And I think with the progression of that, I would like to see eventually a chorus form of sorts, um, depending on how obviously things progress. And I think it would be quite nice to see that. Does a group like this exist anywhere else in the world? I mean, is, is there something in the States or have they tried it in Germany or, or, or Sweden or, or, or Holland? So from what I'm aware of at the moment, I know BHS have this thing at their conventions, which is called like the Rainbow Room. It's a, again, a space geared towards the LGBTQ plus community and it's almost like from what I've heard it's almost like a separate sort of afterglow as such and they have like uh, quartets and things come and perform and you know yeah I think that something like that is great and I think having that option there for the LGBTQ plus community I think you know it's definitely something worth looking into and, and from what you know, are other people speaking, thinking along the same lines? I mean, you, you've, you've put a couple of posts out there in British Barbershop Singers. What, what sort of reactions are you getting? It's very mixed, if I'm honest. I've, I've been very lucky to have a few people who are really keen to get involved with this and help get the idea kick-started. So that's sort of been the positive sort of aspect of things. But I think some of the more older people within Barbershop haven't necessarily responded as well to it. And they're sort of more resistant to change. They sort of see it as quite divisive or they see it as separating the community. And that's not the aim at all. You know, the aim is to just build on the community and have a bigger representation of LGBT people within barbershop and to sort of help increase that longevity and have that safe space. People. Well, of course, we're coming to a point where it is distinctly possible that in this country, single-sex barbershop will, uh, at least in, in institutional terms, come to an end because labs and babs are talking uh, about merging and it, that, that may well be on the cards. If it happens, where does that leave your particular group? Does it mean there's less need for it or does it actually mean there's more need for it? 
I think it definitely calls for a review within the bylaws and to ensure that everyone's needs and the diversity of the organisation is clearly represented. Um, I think the merge uh, of Babs and Labs on the horizon now, um, I think the momentum of that um, of this is going to be a good turning point on diversity, equality and inclusion. Um, especially for people who identify or have been through trans experiences or people who are non-binary. And I think, you know, that people think that, you know, prior to all this stuff, these issues weren't sort of, they weren't around and people weren't sort of, they sort of don't acknowledge uh, the other genders out there. And, you know, the, they might think that because they weren't visible to them, but they've always been there. They're just on the forefront of debate at the moment, I suppose. And I feel like it definitely calls for more inclusive practices within the organisation. It's really important for the organisation to make sure that the that everyone is supported and included. Josh Rees on the proposed Labs-Babs merger and on his idea for a dedicated group to include singers from the LGBTQ plus communities. If you'd like to contact Josh about that, then you can reach him through his social media. Look for Joshua Rees or via his email as the editor of Harmony Express and you'll find that on the Babs website. And if the merger does go through, then I'm guessing that safe spaces will be quite an important issue for the architect's of the new organisation to address, not only for what we often regard as marginalised minorities. After all, back in 1976, Labs was set up as a space where women were free to be themselves and pursue their singing hobby away from the influence of men. Harmony UK podcast will follow the discussions with interest and I will try and keep you posted. One of the great things about recording a podcast is that in the blink of an eye, you can time shift. So here we are back in central London, once again at St Saviour's in Pimlico. Not on a Tuesday this time, but on a Thursday, when the church is host to the weekly rehearsals of the current gold medalists from the British Association of Barbershop Singers. I'm referring, of course, to Meantime Chorus. It seems we've walked in on a song you may well recognise. However, it isn't New York, but Louisville, which is preoccupying the meantime singers right now. And specifically, how to pay for the 8,000-mile round trip they'll need to make in July to represent Babs at the BHS International Convention. In the past, not every Babs gold medal winning chorus has been able to afford to make that trip. It is a financial mountain to climb. Try here and uh... oh, it's so cold in Yeah. Okay. We are in St. Saviour's Church. Meantime chorus are having their Thursday rehearsal, but they've got their sights 
set on a first ever visit to the United States and representing the British Association of Barbershop Singers, having won at the Babs Contest uh, in 2022. Uh, with me, two gentlemen who can uh, well introduce themselves. <laughs> Evening, John. Uh, my name's Sean Egan. I am the current chair of Meantime Chorus. And Alistair Lammerman, the treasurer of Meantime Chorus. Thanks very much for taking some time out of the rehearsal. Alistair, you're, you're the keeper of the Meantime Abacus as treasurer. So can, can I ask you... What sort of figures are we looking at here? So we did a couple of uh, pen and paper calculations when we, when we won to sort of weigh up cost of registrations for BHS, cost of flights, cost of accommodation, all of those sort of things put together. And we came up with a figure of anywhere between, for 35 people in the chorus, roughly 50 to £70,000. So an eye-watering figure uh, across the board, really. Uh, somewhere between £1,300 and £1,900 per member. So it was, it was certainly a mountain to climb, put it that way. I should imagine, I mean, when, when the elation and the excitement of actually having won the gold medal has worn off, and, and that figure flashes before your eyes, Sean, it, it must bring you back down to earth with a bump. <laughs> yeah, that's an understatement, John. I mean, um, yes, I think a mild period of panic is probably a fair thing to say. Um, and uh, just really, it, it hits us the, the sort of the monumental task we had ahead of us. Having said that, um, the, uh, the members were completely up for it. We had um, a fantastic sort of wash up after the uh, convention where we uh, took the vote and had a really good candid discussion on our future and, and what the next year looks like and everyone was unanimously up for the challenge going to international and making sure we leave no one behind um, and to that end we have been fundraising um, day in day out and it's, uh, I know it's keeping Mr Lammyman up um, but every single potential and possible way we can think of to raise money has been explored within the past um, six months or so Well tell us about some of those ways Alistair so what we've been doing is uh, we've massively increased our gig game, uh, which is normally not just as a chorus, but we send out sort of small quartets or small groups. We've done birthday parties. We've done publishing events. We've done, we opened an event on, called Coney Island Boardwalk on Portsmouth Pier in August. We did an event for... The, the World Cup, at, I think, at one point. We were in a YouTube video. We, we got someone engaged. We did an engagement. Yeah, we've done, we've done all manner of gigs all across the place. So that's a, a sizable uh, chunk of the donations. But then uh, even across that, we've had members who are doing individual things. So we had someone run a 10K. We've had one of our members who was set out to cycle the length that it would take to get from London to Louisville over 4,000 miles uh, to try and raise some money. We're selling t-shirts with our faces on in some cases. We're doing every single thing we can possibly think of to get that little bit of extra cash. Surely, though, you don't have to raise every single penny. Isn't, isn't there some sort of grant from Babs? So Babs have actually have been very generous about this. Um, so first off, there is a grant for winning uh, the contest. So there is a gold medal chorus grant which is given, which we naturally, knowing that we wanted to do this, we immediately stowed that away, thinking that'll be good for this purpose. But there is also a secondary grant, um, which is the International Com Competitors Grant, 
So once you, as a winning chorus or as a nominated quartet or chorus or something, decide to go to the convention, you can apply for an additional um, piece of funding for BAPS. So we're immensely grateful because that works out at effectively two members of our chorus getting the whole thing for free based on those, those grant applications. Which, by my maths, makes it around, what, £4,000? Yeah, something? yeah, about 3500 which is really, really helpful. We are, we're incredibly grateful, and not only just for the, the, the money, but the, the, the leadership and the, the, the mentoring that we've had from Babs. Obviously, this is our first time going through this journey. There's been a lot of unknowns, um, and they've been with us every step of the way, and not just the, the committee themselves, but actually the whole society has been so supportive. Uh, and as always, we're incredibly grateful to be part of such a great bunch of people. And there is one particular gig, which I think you're, you're, you're looking for people all across the country to, uh, to attend. Tell us more about that, Sean. Absolutely. So um, you'll have to, you'll, you'll remember the venue, but on the 22nd of April, we have a fantastic event coming up, which we're super excited for. So we are teaming up with the White Rosettes, as well as Limelight and In-House Quartets, um, which for those who are keeping count is the uh, all four champion groups across Babs and Labs um, for one single onstage the, show the, champions. Absolutely. Well, yeah, show champions. And I believe it's potentially the first time ever that um, all four have been on a single stage. So um, hopefully that will get some people excited, hopefully as much as we are, um, and uh, everyone is raring to go. We even have a custom song for all four groups um, that will be a kind of a one-time thing. So, um, yeah, if that's not a reason to come see it, then uh, I don't know what it is. That does sound so exciting. Uh, meantime, the White Rosettes, in-house quartet, and Limelight all together on one bill in one place. It's Punsy Town Hall, isn't it, just outside Leeds? Yes, it is indeed. So ten minutes out of Leeds, uh, Leads by a train uh, starting at 7pm. I'm hoping by the time that this goes out, tickets should be already on sale. Uh, so we will be there'll be a lot more information on all four of our Facebook pages. So if you follow any of those four groups on Facebook or Instagram, I'm very confident they'll be putting out that information around the time. So fingers crossed, you should be able to buy tickets now. Well, people. I'm sure we'll 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 rush to buy those tickets. You have all your other fundraising going on as well. I do wonder, though, whether you're a little worried that with inflation running at 10%, you might raise all this money, come to the point where you're ready to buy the, the, the tickets, pay for the hotels and so on, and then you find that you haven't quite got enough because the prices have gone up. So we are quite fortunate in that circumstance where a lot of things that we've already done have been sort of locked in. So our registrations for BHS have already been bought, and I want to say hopefully we got that at a good pound to dollar ratio but uh, that's uh, that's for another day it fluctuates so much doesn't oh, it <laughs> absolutely it was terrible um but yes hopefully a lot of those things are already locked in so we have that price point in mind as to what we will need to raise and when buy it's just going to be a case of you know everybody doing those last little pushes and seeing where we get to i should i should imagine that by the time you get out on that international stage in louisville doing the actual singing it's gonna it's gonna be a bit of a relief isn't it <laughs> i think it might be um i mean it's been such an incredible journey already and we know that the hardest bit is yet to come um simon our musical director is really putting us through our paces now and everyone can feel the um, the, the tempo shift, I guess, um, in terms of uh, what we're working together. But um, I mean, the atmosphere in our rehearsals is just electric at the moment. Um, we cannot wait both for all of the upcoming concerts, but also the trip itself. Um, the fundraising in itself has been quite fun as well. So you've heard what we've been up to. Um, and it really, really has brought us closer together as a chorus as well. So I don't know, maybe we'll be disappointed by the time we've done it and, uh, and, and sad it's all over. <laughs> sad, maybe.
disappointed? Surely not. In fact, as you can hear, morale at this rehearsal seems pretty good. So let's talk to musical director Simon Arnott, one of a small group of friends who founded Meantime just seven years ago. Competing internationally must count as one of their greatest challenges to date. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think we'd always kind of like dreamed sort of lofty goals of maybe this one day being uh, something we could do. And you know, I think it was really exciting that we've actually managed to get there in, in a good amount of time. I think we're really excited to, to give it a go. So musically, I mean, how do you approach something like this? Because the stage will be a lot bigger. There will be a bigger audience. And, and not only that, but you'll be among the world's best choruses. Um, I think we just approach it the same way we approach every other time we sing. I think every, you know, our rehearsals will always just stay exactly the same. We'll do the same vocal pedagogy stuff that we normally do. We'll s do the same work on the songs, the same kind of lead-up in performance stuff, the same kind of trying to chill ourselves out before a performance and just treat it like anything else. You must, though, take very seriously things like coaching for this. I mean, what, what sort of coaches have been involved with Meantime? Um, we've just last week we had Jay Doherty for an evening who um, came over to do the Babs Directs Academy. He managed to work with Meantime for an evening, um, which was fantastic. Um, uh, we've also mostly had Rob Mance as our coach for most of the years that we've been running the chorus, probably the last four or five years we've been having him coach us. Um, it's a kind of consistent thing, and we, we get on really well with him, um, and he seems to always manage to give us new stuff to work on. Um, so I think, and he'll be doing our retreat in a, about a month's time, um, give, then gives maybe a few months to then kind of work on it ready for international. So when you're choosing the repertoire for something like this, I mean, how much do you look back at the, 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 the well, you can see 50 years of BHS and, and Spebskuza uh, conventions. You can see dozens and dozens of, of, of choruses and quartets who, who've won over the years. Do you pay any of that very much attention or do you just carry on and plough your own furrow? Um... We don't look at it too much. Um, we, I guess we, we, want, we want to do something kind of new and exciting and, and that's very us. So we're, we've chosen two songs from uh, Mary Poppins Returns, um, as those are obviously very London songs, um, which gives us a kind of unique perspective on, those, on, the, on that music and gives us a kind of unique sound as a chorus as well, because we'll actually sing in um, a, an English accent um, for both of those songs. Which is, which is traditionally not very barbershop, is it? Um, not really, no. I think partly because the kind of English choral tradition, um, you would often separate um, kind of hard consonants that you can really hear the end of a word and the beginning of a word, where barbershop, we tend to smush them together. So we're kind of having to do a, a kind of little bit of um, merging of, this, uh, of the accents to make things work. Although somehow we'll make the kind of ending consonants work with the beginning ones with those things. And some of the kind of more sort of traditional kind of Cockney um, accent that we're doing in one of the songs, a lot of that is actually kind of smushable anyway because um, we're generally quite lazy with our um, diction. You're going for an international audience, though. They're, they're going to have to get that you're doing particular English accents. Yes, I mean, and whether, whether or not they will, I'm not sure. I hope, they, I hope they'll pick it up that it's definitely not what they normally hear. Um, and I think particularly in the first song we're doing, it's very, very close to received pronunciation, so it'll be very kind of um, hopefully really clear the, the words that we're singing and therefore kind of what it sounds like. The other thing that, that strikes me is there are 35 of you, roughly. Is, is it 35 going to the States? I think it's about 35 going to the States, yeah. I mean, any, very often these, these contests are won by... 100-man choruses, you know, you, you think of the vocal majority, you think of the ambassadors of harmony. 
what chance do you think a small chorus has um, when you, you go up against the big guns like that? Um, I think in recent years, I think smaller choruses have been doing better and better. You've only got to look at groups uh, like Zero Eight, Central Standard, who aren't these big, massive choruses, but they're posting scores that are, are just as high up as some of the other ones. What are you looking forward to most about being in Louisville, Son? I think just a, a chance to be away with the chorus for a whole week. Um, it's, it's rare to get that sort of opportunity, and we've both, particularly, there's like a core group of us that started the chorus like um, seven years ago that have been friends for a really long time, and it's just so exciting that we now have so many more friends that love doing exactly the same stuff that we do. So I think looking forward to spending time with uh, the rest of the chorus and hopefully enjoy singing on, <laughs> singing on the stage. And a lot of fun being had in rehearsal this evening. It looks like people are, are, are pretty excited about it. Yeah, they definitely are. I think there's a really good drive amongst the chorus, and there's as we're having fun, but also learning kind of really very specific details of things. And the way we've, we've managed to get a good sort of um, relationship between me and the chorus, that I can do really complicated stuff, but still keep things kind of light and jovial. We trip the light, yes! trip the light, let's trip a little light, fantastic. Life is getting foggy, that's no reason to complain. There's so much in store inside the door of 17 Cherry Tree Lane. Ah. last April on the Babs Harrogate convention stage with their contest-winning performance of Trip A Little Light Fantastic. Let's wish them all the very best in Louisville, where they'll be on stage on the Saturday, that's July the 8th, singing as the 29th of 36 competitors. As it's the second day of the chorus contest, I'm hoping that we shouldn't have to wait up too long to see them on the live stream. And good luck too to in-house and limelight quartets who will be representing Labs and Babs respectively in that international quartet competition in Louisville. A special shout-out to in-house quartet who are the first ever Labs quartet to compete. As this final link was being recorded at lunchtime on Friday, January the 22nd, the tickets for that Champions concert that you heard about had not yet gone on sale. If you would like to go to the concert in April, uh, just outside Leeds at the Pudsey Civic Hall, then I would suggest that you follow at least one of the four groups involved, uh, the White Rosettes, Meantime Chorus, In-House Quartet and Limelight Quartet on their socials. And I'm absolutely certain that they will let you know. Or check their websites, that's another option. Uh, when the tickets do go on sale, then I will post a link to here on the uh, Harmony UK podcast, Facebook and Twitter pages. 
And so we've reached the end of this 44th podcast, uh, hopefully back in the next few weeks with more from the ever-creative, captivating and exciting world of British barbershop harmony singing. Until then, thank you so much for listening. Uh, keep the whole world singing. And from me, John Beasley, it's bye-bye.